WSL, Charlotte Sports Live. Stepping in for the injured Bryce Young. Dalton to the end zone. Adam Thielen. Touchdown, Carolina. Oh, too little, too late in Seattle. Adam Thielen's fourth quarter touchdown catch making the score a little less lopsided. The Panthers still flying back home tonight looking for their first win of the season. The number of penalties that we had on offense was pathetic. And, um, you know, that starts with me. Ooh, strong words from Frank Gregg tonight on the performance of his team, especially when it came to penalties. Hear more from his press conference just ahead. Well, we knew it would be a tough one to win, but it still hurts. Panthers now 0-3. Welcome to Charlotte Sports Live. She's Grace Grill. I'm Mike Lissette. Yeah, we're going to go around the NFL tonight to see how the rest of the NFC South fared. And the Charlotte kid, William Byron, punches his ticket to the round of eight. But let's just go ahead and rip <laughs> off the Band-Aid with the Panthers and the Seahawks. Andy Dalton reporting for duty. He gets work early with his hard hat, literally. Third and six on Carolina's first possession of the game. Dalton gets hit pretty hard as he throws, but he still finds Adam Thielen, 23 yards. We're going to play that one back. You're about to see you can tack another 15 on top of that for roughing the passer as Julian Love gets helmet to helmet. Andy would shake it off and continue, though. Yeah, that drive would end up in an Eddie Pinheiro field goal. It's his 24th straight mate at this point. He was just four short of the franchise record held by Graham Gano at 28. 3-0 Carolina. All right, so Seahawks would answer with a field goal of their own, then almost punched in the game's first touchdown right here. Geno Smith finds a wide-open DK Metcalf, 34 yards. Even with bad ribs, DK would go off on the Panthers. We'll have more on that a little bit later. Yeah, but the Panthers' defense would step up. It's the captain, Brian Burns, right through the line. This took Seattle out of the red zone. Second full sack of the year for Spider Burns. However, Seattle would hit two more field goals to take a 9-3 lead. Yeah, five minutes left in the first half. Carolina responds. Dalton going deep. He finds a wide open DJ Shark. Check out that move, too. 47 yards to the house. And Shark finally gets to do his dance. What do you call that? I don't know, but I like it. Yeah, this is the replay. All 22 here. LaVisca sets up the screen that allows DJ to get so open. 13-9 Panthers, however, that score would not last long. First, though, Al Wallace said, get turnovers. Deion Jones heard it. That's a pick. Just elevated this week to take Shaq Thompson's spot. He puts the Panthers back on his back. However, they'd go 4-0. and Yeah, after ending the first half with a field goal, the second half would start with yet another one for Seattle. Jason Myers had five in all, 15-13 Seattle. On the other hand, Eddie Pinheiro believed he could outkick Myers. This 55-yarder goes up. But the only thing that came down mm. was his streak. Just wide and the streak of 24 straight made comes to an end. Seahawks then would capitalize off that mistake later in the third. Smith finding his running back deep downfield. Kenneth Walker reeling it in for 36 yards. And at this point, the cracks in the Carolina defense starting to show. A few plays later, Kenneth going up the gut for his first goal line TD. Seahawks up 22-13. Panthers, however, Still had some fight. Next possession is the last play of the third quarter. Dalton escapes danger for the 11th million time today. He is able to find Thielen, who had a heck of a start. This one, a 24-yard catch and run all the way down to the one. And Miles, that, 
And that would lead to Miles Sanders punching into the next play. So it's still within reach here for Carolina as they're down 22 to 20. But in the end, Seattle had too many weapons. Walker on this play would go untouched for his second touchdown of the day. This would make it 29-20. Panthers would try to fight back from there, but penalties hampered the effort. Tons of false starts, eight total by the team, including four alone by Iki Aquanu. Yeah, both Seattle and Carolina would tack on late touchdowns and garbage time. Panthers drop this one, 37-27. Yeah, Carolina now 0-3 for the first time since 2010 when they started 0-5 on their way to a 2-14 record. Looking at the numbers in this one, it was the best offensive performance of the year for the Panthers. That's good. They had over 300 yards passing, which unfortunately was all but negated by the Seahawks, who threw it in the tune of 279 yards. Carolina's big issue was in the rushing attack, 44 yards compared to the 146 from Seattle. And then here's the stat that really, really hurts. The Panthers with 13 penalties, as we told you in the highlight, eight of those false starts. Seattle's 12th man, the real deal. Frank Reich, well aware of that. Here's his thoughts after the game. We emphasize, you know, the number of penalties was totally inexcusable, pathetic. Um, you know, we, we talked in there. I would just say this as a general statement. First of all, what we said in there was, and I mean every ounce of it, I, I have a very strong belief in our team and our players. I have a very strong belief in our coaches. And I know we can be a good football team if we don't beat ourselves. That being said, um, what we did, the number of penalties that we had on offense was pathetic. And, um, you know, that starts with me uh, as an offensive coach. That starts with our offensive coaches, you know, getting our players ready. And that starts with our players. That's unacceptable. I mean, it's like we never played in the noise before. We knew it was coming. We practiced all week. With, with noise, I mean, Wednesday it was so loud out there you couldn't even think. Um, and, uh, but, you know, as coaches and as players together, and I, and I mean that together, as coaches and as players, you just, if you have that many self-inflicted things, you're just, it's hard to overcome those. And um, so we got we to learn from that for sure. You know, defensively, I, you know, felt like we, you know, we held them in the first half, no touchdowns. Uh, you know, they hit some runs on a slate. You know, listen, I, I said to the defense, I, I know we're, you know, we put the defense in a hard position. We put the defense in a hard position, you know, with the slow starts on offense, and it puts a lot of pressure on the defense. And then what happens is sometimes later in the game, the, that mounts up, and then, you know, you get a little crack. And, you know, so, but we, we got to stand strong, and, uh, you know, as players and coaches on defense, and, you know, we got it to one score, we got it to two points or within a one score game. They're in the fourth quarter, and then they drove down and scored. And we needed to st we needed to stop right there. We needed to stop, and we didn't get it. So um, I, I do know this. I, d I do, do know in this locker room there's two things that are going to happen. One, there is belief. And number two, there will be no finger pointing. Um, I, that's not going to happen. We're each going to own our mistakes, man up to our mistakes. We understand that the mistakes are collective. Coaches and players together got to get better. And, uh, but we each individually have to look at our specific area in a way that we can individually get better as well. So I'll open it up from there. Frank, uh, four of those false starts were called on Icky. Anything in particular do you think you need to improve or that you're safe for? Yeah, uh, that's, 
I, that's what we have to figure out. We have to figure out, um, you know, Icky has to look at it himself. We have to look at it like what can we do to help him in those situations. Um, that, that's the process you go through. Um, like I said, I just had not experienced it like that before. Um, you know, it, yeah, I mean, we have to be able to change plays. I mean, on, on the road, quarterback has to be able to change plays. Uh, that's going to happen. So we talked about keeping our poise, and we didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't come into Seattle and throw it 58 times and win very many games. So that was not the formula that we wanted. Uh, the run game was non-existent, um, you know, and so we got to continue to work on that. Um, I did think that I did think that Andy handled the pass game pretty well. I think he handled the pass game pretty well. Made a lot of good throws. We made some plays in the pass game. You know, I thought given 58 attempts and, and here, there were times the protection broke down, but it wasn't horrible. You know, like it was, you know, I have to look at the tape, but, you know, in many ways I thought Andy, I thought Andy was pretty solid. Um, I thought Andy did a lot of good things today. All right, so Coach Frank Wright clearly not happy after this one, but you can't exactly point the finger at Andy Dalton. Gabe McDonald is here with a breakdown of his performance tonight. Yeah, guys, despite the loss, Andy Dalton was still rather effective in his first start of the year. Now, it's safe to say that arm will need to be iced after he threw a career high in pass attempts. Not much balance for the Panthers, with Dalton slinging the rock 58 times. The Panthers with only 14 rushing attempts all game. Now, Frank Reich made it clear after the game that was certainly not the team's formula coming into today. But we did see a much more effective passing game by the Black and Blue this afternoon. Dalton pushed the ball downfield with some big plays to DJ Chark and Adam Thielen, who combined for 231 of Dalton's 361 passing yards. The Red Rifle was pleased with how his team battled for all 60 minutes, but knows being as one-dimensional as Carolina was today is not a recipe for winning football. It's hard to play when you're one-dimensional, and I feel like that's what, uh, what, what, what we did today. You know, we really couldn't get the run game going, and, um, you know, I think part of the stuff, too, is some of these penalties and different things that set you back, and, I mean, now you feel like you have to throw the ball. And so, um, you know, there's some things that I'm going to look back and things that I wish I, I could have done a little bit better in the past game. But, um, you know, like I said, when, you, when you're one-dimensional and, and – um, it makes it tough. There's no quit in this team. And, you know, that's one thing that you can't coach. It's, uh, it's the mentality of, of just this group. So um, we got to find a way to get it fixed, though. We, I mean, we're, the, the, there's too many good players, too many good coaches, too many good people as part of this organization to, to not get fixed. Balance, balance, and more balance. That's the main thing the Panthers need to stress moving forward this season. You have to be able to run the ball effectively to win. Fortunately, the Panthers are back at home next week against a team that is towards the bottom of the league in total defense. The Vikings come to the bank next Sunday, giving up 382 yards per game. Guys? All right, Andy Dalton going to be bathing in icy hot tonight uh, after that performance. He is no stranger to the NFL, obviously, and that showed today, 34 of 58 in the air. That's what I'm talking about. All those throws around 58%. That is his most passes he's ever attempted in a game in his career. Final number is very impressive. 361 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's good. Couldn't get the win, but you got to say he did everything you could ask for in your backup quarterback. How about that, Grace? Yeah, I mean, I... 
obviously he's a vet, right? So he's going to come in and be able to do a little bit more than a rookie would just because of the familiarity, of the comfortability. He's played in that environment before. So you heard Reich talk about it like, oh, it's no excuse because we've been practicing with loud environments. All these guys have played in loud environments before. I did think that the offense did look a lot smoother with him um, under center. Again, they said they didn't really like getting the run game started. But, I mean, that was his first game in there too. But the passing, I mean – we saw exciting plays, which is what everybody wanted from this offense. Well, the longest pass Carolina had this year going into this game was 22 yards. Today they had a 47-yarder and a 25-yarder as well. It was good that they were able to get first downs. It was good that they were able to keep the drives going. Mm -hmm. You saw that in the veteran presence from Dalton, but you also said the inexperience of the offensive line at work, and that really hurt the team today. Yeah, and the other thing that we've talked about, too, is that we wanted to see our, the playmakers make plays, right? Thielen had a great day. DJ Chark had that really nice move on his way to a touchdown. So, like, it, it kind of just revamped everybody in, in saying, like, hey, we do have guys that can go make plays. It just needs to be more consistent. And if they can put it together with the run, yeah then that's going to be huge. You talk about that. Dalton found 10 different guys today with at least one catch. The most that Bryce got was seven. So you're right. They did spread the wealth around a little yeah. bit today. All right, switching gears to NASCAR. The round of 12 got underway this afternoon in Texas. Kyle Busch needed a strong finish today to stay in the hunt. He did not, however, need this. First stage lost control of his car. Comically drove it backwards around the track to avoid further damage. You don't see that very often. Bush finished third to last. Let's jump ahead. 29 laps left. Kyle Larson was dominating. He had a four-second lead, but it all changed when a caution came out as J.J. Yale hit the wall. Moments later, this is right after a restart. Larson's still in front, trying to hold off Bubba Wallace, but look! Larson got turned, and his chances of winning were over right there. He came in 31st. Six laps to go. It got fun here. William Byron running third. He goes inside. Able to get by both Wallace and Chase Briscoe. A great move that turned out to be the winning move. He's victorious in Texas and is now moving on to the round of eight. Check it out. It's the 300th win for Hendrick Motorsports. Man, that's badass. I finally got a good restart at the end. Uh, number 300 for Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, Kyle really deserved this one. Gotta, gotta say, uh, those guys were really fast all day and paid it for them at the end. But, uh, man, it was... Awesome to get our car to the front. It loved clean air. So it was uh, it was a grinded out day, and, and our team was, was there at the end. I'm really proud of this one, uh, as hot as it was, as tough as it was. So uh, we'll take it and go on to the next round. Charlotte Native getting it done. Let's look at the current playoff standings. As we said, Byron punches his ticket to the round of eight. Kyle Busch sitting at the bottom with his early wreck. Still got two more races in the round of 12. Next Sunday, it's on to Talladega Super Speedway for the Yellowwood 500. Well, individually, Derek Carr has now the flashiest start to his time in New Orleans. However, his team has still found ways to get it done. Now, though, the Saints could be without his services for a while. We're going to take you around the NFC South next. And Charlotte FC's playoff chances are slipping away by the game. We'll hear from head coach Christian Latanzio on how the team plans to respond after their latest setback last night. You're watching Charlotte Sports Live. We'll be right back. Back on Charlotte Sports Live, the injury bug continues to take out key parts of this Panthers team. C.J. Henderson left today's game early in the first half with an ankle injury. Then not much later, Xavier Woods got banged up. He tweaked his hamstring. Jonathan Mingo left after a head-to-head -head collision and was ruled out with a concussion. And to make it even worse, Frankie Louvu left with a hip injury. 
Checking in with our friends from the NFC South. Atlanta was in Detroit today. Falcons 2-0 after last week's win over the Packers, but they were having problems defending the deep ball. Jared Goff, downfield for Sam Laporta. Wide 45-yard score, 13-3 Lions at the break. Third quarter, Atlanta looking for a spark. Jesse Bates answered the call. Third interception of the season. And unlike Hayden Hurst in week one, he knew exactly what he was doing when he threw it up into the stands. He had family watching Poor Hayden from Hurst. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Sorry that. about that. This was pretty much the only thing that went right for the Falcons. Fourth quarter, here's the explanation point. Desmond Ritter, look out. One of seven sacks for Detroit today. Atlanta drops its first game of the year. Falcons lose this one 20 to six. All right, Jordan Love making his first start at Lambeau Field today. Second quarter, Saints up 7-0. How about this? Raheed Shaheed back to receive the kick, and he gets through absolutely everybody, pretty much untouched, crosses midfield, and takes it 76 yards to the house. 14-0 Saints at that point. Uh, not good for New Orleans in the third. Uh -oh. Derek Carr taken down hard, and he would not return to the game. He was actually taken to a local hospital, but not believed to have suffered a serious injury. Fourth quarter, Packers, Jordan Love scrambles for the score with seven left to play. Green Bay down six after going for two. Under three on third and three. Love to Romeo Dobbs, touchdown Packers. Saints try to win it here with a 46-yard field goal. It's no good. Packers win it 18-17. to 17. All right, so uh, two losses. Panthers not the only one with the loss this week, so that's that's the positive looking at the division. Yeah, I mean, again, this is not a great start, but we all have to remember this is not a great division. So keep that in mind before we just throw the season out. We're only through three weeks of the season. Here's something else to consider. When looking back at Frank Reich's time in Indianapolis, he had a history of slow starts. He was 1-3 in 2018 and made the playoffs. He was 1-3 in 2021 made the playoffs. So... He does have a history of turning things around and getting his team back on track. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you know that start, though? Because the, the, the stats on teams that start 0-3 are not exactly I great about making the playoffs, especially when you go 0-2 in division. Like, if they, weren't, if they weren't divisional games, I wouldn't be as, as concerned. No, absolutely. I'm trying to look at the, the positives. This is I like that. Your role is I know. We're to, playing. We're playing reverse to, role. to come at me for being too negative. Uh, tonight, I'm trying to do that. The, the ironic thing is that right now the division is going through Baker Mayfield, the guy that, that we cast off last year. They've got a tough test, though, and you're right. In Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia Eagles 2-0 and this year, just like the Bucks. Yeah, it's going to be a good one Monday night in All Tampa right. Bay. Let's go to soccer now. Last night, got Charlotte FC in the Queen City Showdown. Charlotte didn't get crowned. They got clobbered. Christian Latanzio's boys were shut out on the road in Cincinnati. Three zip. Folks, they're playing a real dangerous game trying to make the postseason. In the midst of an 0-1-4 stretch, they're currently four points out of the ninth and final spot with just five games left. Going forward, the team understands there is no room for error. It's, uh, it's still in our hands, everything. We need to go and win our games. As simple as that. I don't want to dispute too much. What could, should we have to go in Boston and win the game? We have to go everywhere we go. We need to go and win our games. And as Coach alluded to, they got New England next. That game is coming up on Saturday. All right, everybody's favorite time of the night with everybody's favorite meteorologist. Andrew Brightman here to join the fun on hey, Sunday. Always love being here with He's you, too. Here. Sunday, we won't Monday. let him leave. <laughs> All right, give us two minutes, please. 
All right, Andrew, are you surprised by the outcome of the Panthers game today? Honestly, it went basically how I expected. Again, the Panthers were down basically the entire game. They started to make, they got it a little, kept it close enough throughout the second half into the fourth quarter where you thought maybe they have a chance and then the Seahawks pull away. Again, this team, they're going to be playing the Desperate Vikings next weekend. Hopefully we can get a win. They're both 0-3, but really could use a W right now. See, I know the bar wasn't high, but I actually thought that today went better than expected for the Panthers, for what that's worth. All right, Mike, do you still think Charlotte FC can make the playoffs after last night's performance? That answer went 40 seconds. I'm going to say no, and that's it. Next question. All right, Andrew, <laughs> what's your big takeaway from today's NFL action? When's the last team, uh, last time a team had the first two overall picks in the NFL draft? Because right now that is looking increasingly likely because the Bears are a dumpster fire and right now the Panthers are 0-3. And guess who has the Panthers' first round pick next year? That would be the Bears. All right, Mike Usher was named the Super Bowl halftime show. What is the best Super Bowl halftime show that you have ever seen? Gotta be Michael Jackson. And this was before all the glitz and glams and the special effects. He came out there, stood like a stone wall for two minutes. The crowd was going crazy. He moved his head like this, and the crowd went crazier, and he stood there for another minute. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was great. It was a great show. All right, Andrew, you're playing around to golf with a, a celebrity athlete. Who are you choosing? I am going to pick Michael Jordan. Not because he's my ultimate idol, but because I could play around to golf with him, talk with him, take pictures of him, and then show it to Mike Lissette and just Can be so jealous. It in. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was a great answer. All right, Mike, should Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey break up? Should they break up? They're not going it to. Should, <laughs> should they break up? Okay, <laughs> what will the title of Taylor Swift's hit song be? This chief was a thief, and it's like, you know, he, he took my heart. I should have saw it from the start. It was a touchdown. Right. Now I'm on the ground crying. Yeah, this chief was a thief. This has been a hot topic today it. in the sports department. You America mark needs, it down. America needs this, and I love every bit of this. This is the kind of man that she needs. Then that's Me or, or Travis Kelsey? Travis oh, Kelsey okay. and Taylor Swift. I was going to say Mike Lissette, but yeah. Are what America needs. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Braves looking to become the first team to reach that 100-win mark this season. They would get two shots at it today. We'll have highlights from the doubleheader in D.C. next. And as Lizzo would say, it's about that time. We're breaking down the top plays for another week of high school football. We'll let you know how you can decide which one was the best. The Atlanta Braves in our nation's capital today for a doubleheader against the Nats. Top second with runners on the corner for Kevin Pillar. That's hit well to center. Sean Murphy will tag up and score. Braves, they're on the board. All right, Nats in the bottom half. This is Jacob Young. He's going to send that right back to Alex Winans. It deflects off him, and that will sit for an infield single. And the Nats tie this game up at one. All right, Nats now lead it 2-1 in the sixth. Young again at the plate. It's a bigger chop on that one for an RBI double, and the Nationals take a 3-1 lead. Ninth inning, however, Sean Murphy, broken bat and all. That ball still went almost 400 feet. Murphy's blast gets one back. The Braves drop game one, 3-2. All right, moving on to game two between these two teams. Second inning, no score. Orlando Arcia chops one up the middle. C.J. Abrams makes a diving snag and throws to first for the out. This is in the fourth. Braves down three. Matt Olson. Austin Riley will come in for the Braves. And that cuts the lead to three to one. Later on, one on, Braves down three-two. Kevin Pillar 
goes deep off Joan Adone for a two-run home run, his eighth of the year, and the Braves take a 4-3 lead. So let's go to the sixth inning, same score. Forrest Wall sends one deep, and that's well over the fence. That's his first MLB home run. Helps Braves get win number 100 on the season. Braves win it 8-5. Hey, the Charlotte Knights playing in their season finale today in Memphis. Top of the third, Tyler Mesloni goes oppo to make it 3-0 Knights. That was his sixth of the season with Charlotte. Nick, how about Nick Nestrini making his fourth start for the Knights today? And he earned his first Triple A win, tossing five perfect innings and striking out three. Congrats. And it was a first for the Knights third baseman, Jason Matthews, today as well. Top of the seventh, hit deep to center and gone for his first AAA home run. And the Knights end the season on a high note with a 8-2 win over the Memphis Redbirds. The Knights will actually open up the 2024 season at the same spot where they ended. They'll be in Memphis April 29th of next year. Mark it on your calendar. Well, even though the high school football is a fall tradition, it actually begins in the summer. However, when it really gets good is when the temperatures start to drop. And if you don't believe me, all you got to do is watch our plays of the week. Even though we saw more flags than fallen leaves the other night, it is officially the fall. So cozy up, because it's time to decide our Week 6 CSL Blitz Top Play. While it's a fall staple, pumpkin spice latte is a bit basic. This first nominee, however, is not. It's a heads-up play from Huff Xavier McIntyre. The 5'11 senior scooped up the fumble, then took it back 52 yards for a score. The Huskies would go on to beat Chambers 19-13. There are two reasons why you might have felt a breeze at Concord High School Friday night. One was the changing weather, and the other was our second nominee. Senior Talon Baker returned this kickoff 76 yards for a Central Cabarrus touchdown. However, the Spiders would still win this one 27-7. Finally, providing our first real scare of the season is the scary good arm from our third nominee. Butler's Zachary Lawrence with power and precision, throwing a beautiful ball to Cameron Macon for another Bulldogs touchdown. The junior led the way in a 49-6 win over Providence. Unlike a corn maze, there's nothing confusing about this autumn assignment. Head to our X page, at CSL on QCN, to cast your vote to decide which of these plays was the best. Polls close Thursday morning. Keep voting. If you missed anything from today's Panthers game, don't you worry. We got the Carolina Cliff Notes ahead of what happened coming up. Sideline with an ankle injury. Bryce Young was just a spectator for the 0-2 Panthers who visited Seattle today. First half, he had a like this. Andy Dalton downfield for DJ Chark. Let check it out fly. The, yeah, check out the move here. Goes 47 yards to the score. Panthers up 10-9. They led 13-12 at the break. Second half now, Carolina was down nine, but they're just not going away. This time Dalton to Adam Thielen. Thielen had a huge game, 11 catches, 145 yards. Miles Sanders would punch it in on the next play, so now it was just a two-point game. However, ultimately, the Seahawks had too many weapons. Fourth quarter, the second of two touchdowns from Kenneth Walker, Jr. Despite 361 passing yards from Dalton, Panthers go down 37-27. They're now 0-3 for the first time since 2010. All right, Chris, so obviously not the result that Panther fans wanted, but they have to be encouraged by Andy Dalton and his performance today. Question is, what would you grade him? 
I'm, I'm going B plus, A minus area. And the only reason I, I say that is because they didn't get the win, right? But he he looked – I thought he looked great. I mean, this is his first start, too, of the season. Like, he's been on the sidelines, and uh, I thought he looked very good. I thought he – I thought that offense as a whole looked much more under control with him in there. And I'm not saying that to knock or slight Bryce Young. I'm just saying that's that's the presence of a veteran in there. And I think that gave others the, – the rest of the team more – confidence to go out and make some plays as well. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with all your points. I would give him a B-plus as well. I think uh, he was spreading the wealth around a little more, and, and boy, oh, boy, when he found someone that had a hot hand, he kept delivering to Thielen, and that worked. I mean, if, it was good to see the offense clicking. Unfortunately, the other guys, the offensive yeah. line that, that, that struggled. Well, last Monday, the Carolina Panthers lost Shaq Thompson for the season. Tasked with stepping into his big shoes is journeyman Kamu Gruje-Hill. His home now is Carolina, but perhaps now more than ever, his heart is with his home state of Hawaii. Kamu Gruje-Hill is not one to back down from a challenge. I've been an underdog my whole life, and I just really embraced that role. The 29-year-old seems to thrive on defying the odds. It's how he made it to the NFL, despite not picking up a football until his senior year of high school. It's just kind of how I'm wired, so um, yeah, I mean, once I took football and I just dove in and, and I just never stopped. And so in the face of replacing Shaq Thompson in Carolina's lineup, perhaps the biggest task of his career, the 6'2 linebacker isn't batting an eyelash. Besides, he also has something else on his mind. It was crazy, man. I just, I, I still can't believe it. And, and you know, even though the media side of it has died down a lot, it's, it's still very real. Gruje Hill has been thinking about Hawaii a lot these days. The home that shaped his fearless spirit is now in shambles after last summer's devastating wildfires that killed almost 100 people and left thousands more homeless. You want to help, but like, I'm so far away, it's kind of like that, that helpless feeling. Per his style, though, Gruje Hill knew he had to take action. But as he would soon discover, he wouldn't have to do it alone. It was a little bit of that, where we just had some guys from Hawaii that just we all came together and we were like, let's just do this. The players decided to create a goal-based system in which they donate to charity based on their performances. Gruje Hill, for example, will donate $1,000 every time he or one of his teammates gets an interception. How good did it feel to get to see Vaughn oh, get that? it was nice. I know. It was the first thing I thought about when, when I saw him go up. It was awesome. Much like replacing Shaq, it's a huge undertaking. But if there's anyone up for it... We are there for him. It's Kamu Gruje Hill. We're rooting for him, and we're also rooting for this guy, Brian Burns, making his presence felt against the Seahawks as he continues to wait for a long-term deal. We go one-on-one -on -one with Agent Zero next. Hey, but first, we saw one of the best offensive performances of all time this afternoon in Miami. The Dolphins with 70 points in a blowout win over the Broncos today. 70 points, that's the most points any team has had in a single game since Washington scored a record 72 in 1966. The Dolphins are the first team in league history with five passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns in the same game. Crazy, crazy day in Miami. We've got more CSL right after this. Brian Burns is out there playing for his brothers, but he is also playing for a contract he believes he deserves. So far this season, Agent Zero has 13 tackles, eight solo, three sacks, two against Atlanta, and one today in Seattle. He also forced a fumble against the Falcons.
Well, now Agent Zero has proven to be a cornerstone for not just the Panthers' defense, but this entire team. So he's starting to establish himself as one of the league's best. However, Spidey Burns has been caught in the web of contract negotiations lately. He sat down one-on-one -on -one with Gabe McDonald earlier this week. How much does it mean to be a Carolina Panther? How bad hmm. do you want to be here? It means a lot, man. I mean, through all the ups and downs that, that we've been through, like I don't want to leave. Um, I'm sure everybody knows I don't want to leave. Uh, you know, been through a lot here, yeah. so I, I'd rather just stay. I love, I love the fans, the, the real fans, the true fans. I yeah. love the fans, and um, yeah, man, I don't want to leave. It's been pretty up and down for you. Just take me through what a typical day is like and how things have been for you these last few months. Uh, you know, it's been um, it's been a time, but um, it's been good to me, and uh, I'm, I'm appreciating and I'm thankful for everything I'm going through, so it's been good. And then, too, you know, just obviously there was a lot of talk about if you're going to take the field in Atlanta. What was maybe the deciding factor that led you being out there and just going to war with your brothers? Just my gut feeling. Um, I didn't want to miss it. Uh, I wanted to be out there and, and I just, you know, I went with my gut and, and went out there and played. And you mentioned your gut and, you know, just talking and you've been, you know, very adamant about your faith throughout this process. What have you necessarily learned about yourself, you know, as you've gotten more deeply rooted in your faith? Um, man, I don't know. I'm just maturing at, at, a, at, a, at a high level uh, mentally. And uh, really understanding how business is and, and just the, the ways of life. And, uh, you know, you know, when you're at hard times, back against the wall, I'm going to lean on my faith every time. So um, that's kind of how I approach this, this situation. You mentioned uh, also reading Tony Dundee's book with the daily challenges. What are some of those like, you know, what are some of the challenges maybe you're putting yourself through as you guide yourself through this? Uh, just being able to se separate the two. Um, compartmentalizing the business and the, and the football. Uh, that's one of the main challenges, uh, but but that book has been helping me with um, with lessons and and um, a lot of knowledge. So you mentioned the compartmentalizing. How exa what exactly does that look like for you? Being able to separate the two, and you know when you're out here, it's all ball, but you know there's also the business side to it as well. Uh, just not letting the business, you know, affect your your, your game or your game plan, and um, you know take your your focus away from the actual game because if it does, bad things can happen, and you know you don't want that. So. Being able to do that and, and keeping it separate is, is, is uh, it's pretty difficult, but it's, it's possible. Yeah, and you go out there, obviously, first quarter, just come out and dominate, get a forced fumble. You say it was raw emotions for you being able mm -hmm. to come out and do that. Just what were those emotions like? What exactly were you feeling in that moment? Um, blessed. Um, you know, uh, I asked God for the opportunities and uh, to give me the, the discipline and the, the will to, you know, capitalize on them. And, and uh, I did that. So I was feeling blessed. Um, and thankful. And how blessed are you to be able to play this game? Man? Very I mean, it's, blessed. It's, I mean, it's. I know this had to be a dream for you, and it's obviously having the success you've had, back-to-back -back Pro Bowls, is everything you could have dreamed of. Just yeah. being in the situation right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, very blessed. It's, I feel like the sky's the limit, but right now I'm, I'm going up there, so yeah. <laughs> we good right now. No doubt. And also, you've uh, talked about you know just talking with Justin Houston. You know, addition coming here, a guy that's been there, done that in the league. Mm -hmm. How much of a blessing has he been to you throughout this process, and just helping you in so many ways? Huge. Uh, I feel like he came here for a reason, you know, and um, the fact that um, I lean more into my faith and he helped me, you know, going to the, going into that direction. And even just people around the building have been helping me, just not, not just him, like uh, some of the trainers have been helping me, giving me advice. Uh, one of the trainers actually gave me that book. So, uh, you know, just having that support, you know, around you, uh, my teammates, it's, uh, it, feels, it feels really good. Shaq, obviously going down this past week, nothing that, we definitely didn't want to see that, but just for you, as a fellow leader on the defense, how much are you taking it upon yourself to step up even more now that he's not going to be with the team the rest of the year? Uh, I'm definitely going to step up. Um, but like I said, we have a lot of a lot of vets on, on the defense uh, that can also step into that leadership role. 
uh, we definitely gonna miss Shaq. Like he the he the head honcho of the defense. Like he he's the guy. You know what I mean? But um, you know uh, it's unfortunate, but we do have to you know keep going. So we got guys like Bond, Bill, Justin Houston, Kamu, Frankie, X guys that can step up into that leadership role. All right, well, coming up next, we are breaking down the film. Gabe takes us through this play here where DJ Chark not only made the catch downfield, but found a way to get into the end zone, too. That's coming up here on Charlotte Sports Live. Back here on Charlotte Sports Live, and we're going to step into the film room for a little bit on this Sunday night. Despite the loss by the Panthers in Seattle, we saw the passing game open up with some big plays down the field by Carolina. None bigger than DJ Chark's 47-yard touchdown to give the Panthers the lead in the second quarter up in Seattle. So we're going to show you to you in full first. The Panthers in an empty set. The Seahawks only sending four rushers. Andy Dalton letting it rip to DJ Chark on the corner out. And he shows off that elusiveness that he is known for, and he takes it to the crib for his first score as a Panther and even does his little dance to go with it with his teammate, LaVisca Chenault. So let's break down exactly what happened in this play. So the Seahawks right here are in a two-high safety look with four rushers, but the switch releases by Adam Thielen and LaVisca Chenault are really what's going to make the difference on this play. It's something that a lot of people are really doing in football right now, those switch releases there in the field. So then we're going to have DJ Chark sitting here. This is the safety that sits. He's supposed to be in zone, taking this half of the field. LaVisca Chenault makes him sit. He gets confused, thinks he's a man coverage. That frees up Chark. Easy pitch and catch right there. And he shows off the spin move. That's what he's known for. That's why the Panthers brought him here to Carolina, to really make those big plays and take the top off the defense. And this right here is a perfect example of what the Panthers need to do if they want to win more football games, having those big plays in the passing game. All right, thanks, Gabe. So checking out the Panthers' schedule, it is a tough road ahead. Carolina hasn't won yet, and their next three are far from being cupcakes. Home yeah. against the Vikings may be their best shot to get a win before the bye. Uh, Carolina will be underdogs when they hit the road to face the Lions and the Dolphins. All right, Mike, so three more games until they reach the bye. And um, that third one against Miami, they, they might need the bye after that, after what Miami yeah, did after today. what they did today, 70 points. I mean, it's wow. Uh, but the fact is, Minnesota is a winnable game. Yeah. Vikings are 0-3. They have a tremendous problem defending the pass, and we saw today Andy Dalton can pass the ball. So that's good. The thing is, the Vikings also like to pass the ball, so the Panthers secondary, as banged up as it is, is going to be put to the test. Well, so here's the other thing, too, is that, and again, we want to see Bryce Young get healthy and get back out there and, and hopefully make some progress there because after the bye, they then have the, the Texans and the Colts which you know you want to see those matchups against those other two quarterbacks. Like, that's, that's a good... Yeah, C.J. Stroud uh, playing spectacular football this season. No interceptions through three games. Just some great numbers. All right, moving along, it would seem Taylor Swift is once again off the market with rumors swirling surrounding a possible relationship with Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. Swift added more fuel to the fire by sitting alongside Kelsey's mom during the Chiefs game with the Bears. For giving a crown to the happy couple. More crowns to be announced after the break. All right, tell you what, you can forget about the Panthers game today and the fact that they're 0-3, but you can't forget about Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast, including all of your favorite Panthers content that you can't get anywhere else. It can be found wherever you get your favorite podcast, and we made it super easy. Just scan that code right there on your screen to get it. Yeah, Time to hand out some. You really can't forget about the Panthers, though. If you listen to the podcast, you're going to hear exactly what we just said. So, yeah. well, 
beautiful. Sorry to we tried. Let's do some crowns. Okay. All right. Well, I've got a special crown tonight. We are giving it to the hey. new Mr. and Mrs. Joe Morano, Elisa and Joe. They met here at Queen City News. It is the real love story, and she did say yes, and they both said I do on Friday in New York City where they are from. So congratulations to them. She looked beautiful. That he looked so handsome. Cool. Yeah. Love it. Uh, mine is not as cool, I guess. Mine is, uh, you know, his mascot football never fails to provide a highlight <laughs> or a good crown. Mine's going to blooper. Look at that stiff arm to some poor kid during halftime of the Chargers game. If that weren't enough, he pretty much picked a fight with every player out there before he was pushed out of bounds. Maybe the Panthers will sign him. Yeah, the Panthers could need that running attack right there. I love it. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. For Mike Lissette and Gabe oh. McDonald, I'm Grace Grill. Oh. Have a good oh, night. Wow.